This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome back to Tort Talk. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. And, oh, you say this is the first time you've listened? Well, hey, thank you for listening. Make sure that you go back and check out the previous episodes. We've had a lot of interesting content. The past couple of weeks, we've been talking more politics than we usually do. But, hey, we want to be able to give you a big variety of topics so that you have a lot to chew on. I am Paul Stadden, the person who uh, owns the microphones in the studio. The person who really knows what he's talking about, that would be Terrence Gross of Gross & Schuster Law Firm. And so glad to have you in the studio yet again, Terrence. Glad to be here. And and again, I just take a little break from the personal injury discussions. And, um, you know, this is fun for me, um, even though I know that uh, when you get into politics, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, I mean, you can make people mad really fast. I've always thought it was, you know, I'm interested in discussing things uh, in a non-threatening way and non-threatening atmosphere uh, because, you know, these things, I think these things should be discussed. Just you got to find a way of doing it without making everybody slam their turkey dinner down on the table and storming out of Thanksgiving. So let's talk about We've kind of stayed just in the purview of the American system and just how we view it here as Americans and how you have studied it. But let's talk about comparing America to the rest of the world. So how do you think the American political system compares to other countries? I think our system is the best in the world. I think think we are the best country in the world. Uh, Do we have our flaws? Yes. And do we have... uh, some ugliness in, in, in our formation or in our past with slavery and uh, what what happened to the uh, indigenous Indians, uh, of course. But I think we have the best uh, country in the world. I think the designers of our Constitution or system, which I give credit mainly to two people for the most part, would be James Madison and Thomas Jefferson, uh, and uh, crafting this together. And it's held together all this time. So I think it's one of the best systems. Um, there are other democracies. Um, we see, of course, there's a lot of dictatorships. And then you've got England, which is sort of a monarchy, sort of a democracy, whatever it is. But lately, I've been looking uh, at Israel a lot. I, I am Jewish. I have a big interest. Um, and I've learned some facts recently with this whole recent uh, Netanyahu election. Mm. And I was surprised to find out that Israel does not have a constitution. Hmm. So they've operated since 1948. They have no constitution. So, and then they got the judiciary. And what got me looking at it was, if you've heard, Netanyahu and his minions want to change the Supreme Court and push certain judges out and and bring in like-thinking judges. I'm wondering, well, how do you do that? And, 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 and they're not elected. So these judges are not elected. There is no constitution. And it's sort of a hodgepodge of an appointment by this and that and the other. And, and, and they got quite a few judges. But you could sort of stack the court. And, and, and I don't like this whole stack the court thing. Even in America, if you go by comparison, what we've heard recently, because we know what happened, we know that... Here's where I don't like that happened. Mm. The first thing that happened in recent years was Merrick Garland um, mm. was put up by Obama with 10 months to go in Obama's presidency. Now, he's a Democrat. Eileen Wright, 
Should Obama been able to put up Merrick Garland? I think absolutely yes. Ten months to go. No shenanigans. If he's approved confirmation in, should have been a Supreme Court justice. It was delayed, blah, blah, blah. And then we fast forward with the Republican Senate at that time. And Barrett got put up by Trump with two months to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So the thing is, it's sort of what's good for the uh, goose is good for the gander. and, and, And we see that. But I still think we've, we have not always had nine justices, but we've had nine justices throughout, for over a century, through what I call the modern era. Mm, mm, and we okay. should not tinker with that. <laughs> so, yes, Trump, by fate and death and whatever, uh, got to appoint quite a few uh, Supreme Court, uh, Court justices and has tipped the balance uh, significantly to the conservative side. Um but um, these the, the justices are older, and I suspect that if a Democrat's elected this time, that there will be appointments mm-hmm. to the Supreme Court that will be liberal and Democrat. I mean, so mm-hmm. it, that makes these elections really big. But to sit there, I don't like the thought when we hear, well, let's add, make it 13. So they want to add right, four. Right. And that means four liberals. And once you start that, then the next president comes in and he's a Republican. Well, let's make it 17. And you're stacking. Right. So that's sort of what's going on in Israel now. Getting back to Israel, that was my segue. Uh, I don't, because, yeah, it, they don't understand how things backfire. Because several years ago, um, when the Democrats had control, uh, they, they were trying to eliminate the filibuster. And, and now it's come back to haunt them. You know, so... You know, I don't believe that one side should change the rules of the game right. to uh, better their interest, to butter their bread. Uh, so I didn't like the Republicans stonewalling Obama with 10 months to go mm-hmm. uh, when Scalia died suddenly, uh, where, and Merrick Garland should have been a Supreme Court justice. And it has nothing to do, that's just a political scientist to me. It right. Has, uh, you know, do I want more conservatives on the Supreme Court myself personally? Yeah, I do. So, but at the same time, what's fair is fair. Right. I don't want unfairness. So I don't think we need to change the system every time there's a new election to, you know, to, to make it better for one side or the other. We should be changing the rules every time we get a, a majority uh, and so forth. So I don't like us attempting to do that. And so far it hasn't happened. And, and now after this last midterm, it's not going to happen. But in Israel, that's what they're trying to do too. And, and so so now the ultra conservatives, and by the way, uh, we talked on a previous show about Netanyahu being elected by coalition government. There's 16 parties. The party that put him over the top only represents 13% of the people. Oh, my goodness. So really, and he knew that. He needed that block, but they Mm. vote 100% one way. So that is the religious right. So they make up 13%, but now they pretty much have carte blanche rule over what goes on in in Israel. So Hmm. I like the fact that we have our constitution. Mm. Let me bring up another pet peeve with you. Uh, as a political scientist. Okay. And this, it's not deciding what's fair or my candidate, I want my candidate, but there's also a push, mainly by liberals, to do away with the Electoral College. Ah, uh, yes. And, yes, yes, yes. And the Founding Fathers, they didn't get there by accident. And let mm-hmm. me, let's go back in history. Let's go back 
1789. What did we know about 1789 already? We were still a very young uh, nation with the colonies, and we just defeated the British and all that. But already they could see when it was transpiring. New York was a pretty big city. Right. Whatever that was back then, I don't know. Philadelphia was a big city. Richmond was growing, was a fairly big city. A lot of the populace, and you had your rural areas, they did not want cities or that kind of con uh, consolidated, concentrated populace to rule everyone else. And they devised the Electoral College so that everybody, every state, incoming state, would have an equal voice. Because even back then, the state of New York was probably populated fairly well. Pennsylvania populated very well. Rhode Island, no. Connecticut, no. And, and so forth. And we go fast forward to today, it, it still held, holds true. So if we did away with Electoral College, what kind of voice would you really have in Idaho? Right. In Iowa? In Montana? And, and so forth, less populated states. So this gave them a kind of an equal footing with the representatives. Uh, and and, I, I've, and people always go to the popular vote, whether it was Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden. But I, I, I think in one of those uh, elections, um, there were 9 million Democratic votes from Los Angeles County. <laughs> one county. And that could have decided. So if right, you just right. did sheer numbers, it just, just do popular vote and that's it. Well, one county in America is going to decide the, the rest of the 50 states. And, and, and Los Angeles County probably has more people living in it than maybe Idaho and, and all these other states I've named. <clears throat> so that was a purposeful d design. It's worked I'm very much, uh, no matter what the outcome is. And the shoe may be on the other foot. There, there'll be another election where a Democrat maybe has less popular votes, but got the electoral votes and he wins. I'm good with that. I'm right. down with that. And I'm not going to want to throw out the electoral college because my candidate did not win. Right. Uh, so I feel very strongly about that. Well, it makes me wonder then if there are, we talked about reforms to things, uh, to laws uh, in the previous episodes. If there is a way to I don't know, increasingly make the electoral college even more fair than it already is because it does solve the issue of low populous states like uh, Wyoming, where I don't even think they have a million people in the state um, and Alaska and in these low popular states where you make it fair for them because they each get two senators. Everybody gets two senators. Right. So can you make the electoral college system more fair to maybe quell some of these issues without throwing out the baby with the bathwater? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it should, we should tinker with it. It's worked so long. And, you know, getting to the Constitution, maybe we'll talk about this on the show because I see we're running out of time. I believe the Constitution itself is a living, breathing document. So it does change. I don't believe that we should change the Constitution to suit our needs, but it is a living, breathing uh, document and, and over time, uh, things have changed. You know, when hmm. as smart as uh, our founding fathers were, I don't think they were thinking about airplanes. I don't think they were thinking right. about an airplane 
flying from New York, made in Michigan, crashing in California. Who's got jurisdiction? Right. Uh, when they were talking about search and seizures, they were thinking homes. They weren't thinking about cars. Right, right. So that if you uh, noticed, yeah, yeah. if you know the, the search and seizure requirement with a car is way less protection than with a home as it should be. But the, the courts decided that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is interesting, fascinating conversation about politics. And hey, nobody stormed away from the dinner table. So we're glad you were able to listen to this. If you want to hear other episodes, all you have to do is just go back in the player, take a listen to previous ones. If you want to hear more about law than politics, got plenty of episodes of that. We've got more than 30 episodes of the show now. So you have your choice as to what you can listen to. Terrence, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, as an injury lawyer, you can call me at 850 850- Four three four three 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 three, or visit us on the web at grossandschuster.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time, Terrence. Thanks. Thanks.